0: Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer. Along with Gene Galvin and me, I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Oh, shucks. We're here again. Oh.
0: So I have a question. I have yes. a question. Yes. I listen to our podcast um, when I'm not here.
1: You're the one. I
0: yes. am the one, yes. Oh, yes. So, and I think, <laughs> I, you know, I was kind of listening to it, listening to everybody's input, everything like that. And I have to tell you, Mr. Galvin, um, you have an inordinate amount of airtime on this podcast. Excuse me? in inor- It is yeah, ridiculous.
2: In, in
1: other
3: words, he talks a lot. On so
0: it, much yeah. talking from Gene. No,
3: I, because I'll tell you, I have a brother, Jerry. You do? And Jerry has been to this podcast. And he is a
0: delightful Galvin. He is yes.
1: a delightful. He's the good He's been
3: to this podcast numerous times, yeah. including last week. And he calls me every time he comes to a podcast the yeah. next day, mm-hmm. Megan, and says, I was not going to bring this up. They never let you talk. <laughs> That's what what my brother Jerry said. And he was physically. Who doesn't get to talk? I don't get any talk time. What?
0: (laughs) I think that's just your brother being nice. I got to tell you.
1: I have people literally asking me, "Are you on your? Are you- <laughs> if I'm on my podcast, <laughs> you're on your own podcast." Jerry,
0: yeah. when did you talk because on the podcast? Because
1: you introduce it here,
3: Jerry Springer, <laughs> hey, and that's the last you hear. And, and then
0: generally, you hear Gene say po- something like, "Yeah, <laughs> I've got a question for you." <laughs> yeah,
3: let me tell you, I talked to my mom the other day, and my wow. mom.
0: This is so bleak. Sad.
3: This is really that good. I'm not getting enough talk time.
0: Well well is
3: it is that no. yeah i didn't Wait, even, see, this is going to oh, be the last thing story. i'm going to say oh <laughs> yeah <that> is, why <laughs> cuz my mom died
0: i was going to tw- say i didn't 21 years ago <laughs> yeah
3: no. How old you know, is
0: your mother? I, I
3: need. I got to send flowers. This is a true story. When my father died. Oh, I remember. God bless you for coming to my father's funeral. Yes. Guardian Angel Church, Catholic Church. Yeah. Megan, let's bless ourselves. Amen. Yeah. And he had at the time. Hey, wasn't
1: Spotlight a great movie?
3: Oh, go ahead. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, well played. It was.
3: <laughs> go ahead. No, you guys talk. You, you had this brilliant idea. You and Mike Ford cooked it up when you were a city council member that you had the Jerry Springer service directory. Yes. And it was sort of a scam thing to help you get a Scam? Elected. Well, no. no, it was a good service directory. Good you know, wonderful how service. you get a dead rat in the middle of the street removed or how you get the do, you meter know. readers yeah. to come. Yeah. You pass those out in the church to the see- people at my <gasps> dad's funeral. The election was three weeks away. Jerry That's
0: Springer, that. you should be ashamed of yourself.
1: Well, most of the people there were still alive. <laughs> <laughs> you <Hey. Yeah. laughs> know You've got to get votes <laughs> nice, where man. you can. I mean, oh that's... Oh, my God. That. You don't think Trump would do that?
0: Are, you want to be Probably on that way. same level? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow, there's an aspiration. Well,
1: well <laughs> it's right. a step up for me.
0: Touche. <laughs> Touche.
3: Here's Go what ahead. I'm going I'm to sorry. do. Yeah. Well, here's oh, what no, I'm going to do. 14 by the way, Cameron. my condolences. <laughs> Thank you, 21 no, really years sorry. late. Hey, I've been admonished. I'm going to talk very little tonight. I would like to just... Tell Wait. one thing, and then I'm going to dip Lord. it.
0: <laughs> Can we get an over-under on word count tonight? Because is- <laughs>
3: you make me think of my cousin, Mike, Okay. who for 21 years was at Gethsemane uh-huh. Monastery. Oh, Megan, yeah, yeah. you probably have been there. They sell bread. The monks, uh-huh. Jerry, we're talking Catholicism now. Yes. The monks make bread, meditate, pray, work in the fields. And Good when tip. they go Good. in the door, they pledge an oath, a vow of silence.
1: And is there is a chance of you becoming
3: a monk. Would, this is I my point. I would
0: support this. I would sponsor him. Can, I can we be send a him to sponsor. monk school? Monk school.
3: I am thinking of doing that. <laughs> but I got to tell you something. You last twenty
0: three seconds together. Right. Maybe.
3: My cousin, and this is the only thing where I hesitate to join Gethsemane, is my cousin lasted for twenty one years. My cousin, the way the deal works is every seven years you're permitted, each monk who has vowed silence, to come before the elders and say something. It's just sort of an escape valve. Every seven years, you say a couple words. My cousin went in after the first seven years and he looked at the elders. They nodded to him like you may speak and he said, Cold floors. And they, <laughs>
0: that's it. That's okay. All and it.
3: he went back out. And he made bread and toiled in the fields and meditated and prayed for another seven years. This is horrible. He went back, and they nodded to him, and he said, food, pad. <laughs> and he left. Oh my God. And he came back in after seven more years, and they went, and he said, I quit. Ooh. And when he walked out the door, one elder looked to another and said, you know, I'm not surprised. He's been complaining since the <laughs> day he got
4: here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so I don't know oh, if that oh, 70 oh, would work oh. for me.
0: I don't think that's he your calling,
3: that sir. That was,
1: that was <laughs> no. Okay, let's make it seven years till you tell <laughs> him another joke. <laughs> no,
3: that, actually, that was very good. Megan, can I get a hell yeah for yeah. bringing some new material? Hell new yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I wasn't sure that where that was going. I got to be honest. No,
3: it's going basically no
0: bad. Way.
1: I lost my Milton Burrow book. <laughs> Man. Oh, dear
0: God. You may never mind. I mean, I know who Milton Burrow is, but you know that's Milton a dated Burrell. reference. You think <laughs> <laughs> I
1: actually met Milton Burrow really and Sid Caesar? All those old time. you know, when I was wow. a kid, they yeah. were the big, it oh, yeah. was a friar's roast in LA or whatever. And Milton Burrow was already 92, Sid Caesar was there. All these old time guys, That was yeah. great. And one of them had a hearing aid.
0: Oh, my God, was it a good really? one? <laughs> Don't do it. I swear oh, to go God. Ahead, <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
1: Swear I swear to guts. God. Yeah, no. yeah, you got guts. Go ahead. And do so it. Milton says, "I'm gonna punch <laughs> <laughs> he, he said first. He says, "I'm gonna punch you," and then he said, "Finest hearing aid money can buy." Oh my gosh, what kind is it? Four o'clock.
4: Oh my God,
0: it's still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> timing's getting worse. Chirp, chirp, <laughs> chirp, <laughs> chirp,
3: chirp. He <It> relies on <laughs> the He didn't even tell too. the whole
0: joke that time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Megan, okay. can I, I'm not going to talk, but can I ask you a question? Of
0: course, Gene, you can um, ask me a question.
3: When Jerry and I were like, you know, college, coming out of college after that period back in the day, we probably, I uh, know we did, we hung out in bars and you would meet girls in bars, mm-hmm. and that was uh, probably the primary way, not the only way, but a primary way to make contacts. And I'm sure you'd have done that in your life, and you're a young woman who is, you're not married, correct? I mean, correct. you last week you weren't married. I don't think you're married. Oh, no, I so. did not get married this okay. week. Yeah. Yep.
0: And still, still not married. You're not engaged. What,
3: what about in
1: the biblical sense? Not in the
0: biblical <laughs>
1: sense.
0: <laughs> You could
3: be married to I am to an HR Lord.
0: manager. Please keep that yeah. in mind. You're not
3: a nun. You <laughs> didn't go into nun. the convent. Correct. No. Correct.
0: Um, Certainly
1: in... I haven't been silent for seven years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Whatever hey, stuff what... just comes out. I yeah. can't help it. I can't help it.
3: When we finish podcasts, we go out to dinner. We go to a very nice restaurant skyline chili and right. have a uh, mm-hmm. meal yep. and uh sometimes some of the best material and newer <laughs> jokes happens there but we don't have a recorder but you've talked about and now kidding aside of using modern technology uh-huh. to date yep to find and dating guys.
0: apps and yep yeah. yep
3: so um and you did tell a story about one guy. We're not going to name a guy. Let's don't even give a city, so don't doesn't track back. He could be a listener, but uh, I'm pretty sure before the motor of his car cooled from driving in from another city, uh-huh. you were sending him back on his Absolutely. way to that city.
0: Yeah. You did, yep.
1: I mean, someone came to meet you three-hour drive, a long way, yeah, <laughs> and you, you sent him like, home.
0: I sure did, pretty
3: quickly. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, so, that was my Valentine's Day weekend. <laughs> yeah, so
3: it doesn't always work. No. no, is it fun? Is it effective? Yeah, and. You no, look is, something up on a, a
0: Oh for the love of. God. So it's 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 just like are you familiar at all with like match.com or any of those?
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So now they've yeah. made them all into like phone apps so that you don't have to get online and go through fill out all the you know it used to be you'd fill out a personality type thing. Well, we've done away with most of that for most of these apps. Now it's just five or six pictures. Um, you get, like, maybe 400 characters to talk about yourself, and that's about it. And then you swipe right, swipe left, and there's Bumble, there's Tinder, there's all these different things out there now. Um, but they all have the basic same setup.
1: Could you show me how this I works? I cannot <laughs> show oh, you.
0: <laughs> so, yes. Testing it's, one, it's two. It's super, super superficial. Um, yeah. But and
3: it is that. It's very superficial, absolutely. very much and based and that's a on... And that's a bad thing?
0: I didn't say it was a bad thing. I'm, <laughs> yeah. du- I'm using them. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. It's <laughs> but super. It must be good. <laughs>
0: Well, what it, it's convenient is what yeah. it is. Who wants
1: to do something that's just official? Right. You want <laughs> superficial. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but you get and you just it's it's a numbers game. It's yeah. like you just like you know sometimes you talk to somebody, talk to them for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of days, you know, and just see where it goes. Sometimes you meet, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you drive three hours from another city and get told to go right so back home. So you actually <laughs> yeah.
1: met someone on, on that, uh-huh. on, on, like on your phone, and uh-huh. you swipe whichever way you go. And so the guy drives three hours.
0: Uh-huh. Well, this we had been talking for quite some time. Oh, like, so you yeah. actually talked to the person. Yeah, we had been talking yeah. for a couple of months, actually, and he came to oh, town. Well, and that's... so that was what – see, there's this is the thing, because yeah. you can be – he was a charming guy. Like, there was really nothing yeah. wrong with him. Like, we, we texted. Not. He was nice. We had a lot of conversation. Yes. Well, he shows up, and he is one of the most painfully shy individuals I've ever met in my life. And
3: that's not going to work with you. Not
0: with me. No, it's not. He was was a doll, but there was just no... Tell me, does
3: begging work?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. But that is the one thing, like with the online stuff, you I have to be younger. careful because people yeah. one will catfish you, two. What's wait, is that? what? what what's that catfish? Is catfishing. Sorry, it's not the same guy that owns the place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got a guy
3: out here that owns this, uh, this little <laughs> coffee parlor yeah. whose now, name is Catfish.
0: Yeah, so. so He was was catfished before before the internet. what does
3: catfishing mean?
0: Catfishing is you put pictures up there that maybe aren't you or Mm. are very extremely... um, Like, so women will do, like, the high photos, like, looking down maybe, you know, just most... I would say the best looking angles they can get, yeah. and oftentimes people will not put pictures of themselves; they'll use other people. So then the person well, just will show up on the date.
1: Tom Cruise looks a lot
0: so like me. Like so much so that's the only
1: reason I put people his picture. People say I look up. like
0: him all the time, but <laughs> but it's true. So you show they, up, and so that's a big fear. Then that you they show up and they say you're and the not Tom Cruise. No, <laughs> not at all. But no, no. it's it's interesting. It's yeah. uh, it's all about the convenience, and then it's all about you know, like I said, the numbers game. But you meet some nice people. I mean, you know.
3: Do you remember there was a woman that? was here for a podcast Mm -hmm. and again i don't want to identify her but she's involved in politics at a pretty high level
4: that's right yeah
3: and as a staff member and she told us she she told you and me when we were out doing some political stuff with this person again i don't want to identify her that the guy that she is likely to marry she's living with them they have a real serious relationship great relationship by Mm -hmm. all accounts and they met on Tinder. They met on they Tinder. Met and they all kind of have a... They, which is the ultimate superficial right.
0: one. And that's, a, that's what I was going to say. They each kind of have their different levels of superficiality. Tinder is generally the one that you think of that's real, real superficial. It is 100% just... And it's known as a hookup site. Like, it's not known for finding lasting relationships or anything like that. That's what it's billed as. It's it's just kind of a, a hookup site. So, that's not the one that I do. But yeah. the rest of them there is still like that Match.com type thing. And you know...
3: Uh, it's different. Isn't it true, what? Jerry and Megan, that the main
0: Because <laughs> he's really well tapped into this topic deal
3: <laughs> is a quick attraction. If you Correct. don't have that, who's gonna marry somebody if both sides don't have that? So ultimately what, you know? it's
0: the same thing as you're doing at a bar. You're yeah. looking across the room, seeing if you find somebody that you find attractive, trying to strike strike up a conversation with them. It's the same thing as just digital. And then you have to the, the thing that's nerve-wracking about it is that you have to take the next step if you really want to date somebody and meet them. And after you've gone on a few not so successful dates, it's get, it gets a little little dark.
1: My my marriage had to be arranged. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> By a number of lawyers, as I remember. No. It's, I'm,
0: For I'm, her. I'm
1: am kidding, Mickey. I'm kidding. <laughs> so I got in trouble. I told her, you know, because last week I I, I told you that you know God love her. She's uh, she's the best woman in the world, but she's not a great cook, and. Um, in How fact, in fact, in our house we pray after the meal. Mm-hmm. So, and I told her I said that on the air. Yeah,
3: what'd she think of that?
1: She thought, couldn't I use my mom?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, really? as
1: as the story. Yeah. That's legit. It didn't have to because be my while. mom hasn't been here for 35 years, so mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh-huh. went,
0: so it wouldn't sting as badly.
1: <laughs> it wouldn't sting as, but hell will be just as hot.
0: Absolutely,
1: it's very hot. I understand. What I hear, and I'm scared because I, I mean, I'm
3: very light complected I burn real easy.
0: <laughs> Get your sunblock, sir. Get your oh sunblock. Gosh,
3: I'm going. Okay, talk to us about Donald Trump because it never goes away. And by the way, we're doing this now live. We're live streaming, but a lot of people hear this, you know, delayed. Uh, so, happen to be doing this on the night of the of what's called Super Tuesday where 500-plus delegates are going to be selected on the Republican side, 800-plus on the Democrat side. Yeah,
1: it's the SEC Super Tuesday. So tonight it's Texas, Arkansas, Alabama, Virginia, Tennessee. There are 11 states. I'm not going to get them all. Vermont, Massachusetts, Minnesota, yeah. Georgia. Right, Georgia, yeah. So it comes right after. It's on a Tuesday, obviously. and But it comes... Two days after Trump appeared on uh, CNN, one of the Sunday morning shows, and uh, he was asked the question, because the white supremacists are supporting him, and they've come out. Various white supremacist organizations have said, we're for Trump. And so uh, the anchor of the CNN um, early morning show, uh, Jake Tapper, he asked Trump, uh, because David Duke, who was the old head of the uh, Ku Klux Klan, do you uh, accept his endorsement? And do you accept the endorsement of the KKK? And Trump, he says, "Well, I don't know much about the organization. I'm paraphrasing, but not by a lot. And I don't know David Duke. I'm not sure I ever met him, so I don't want to comment on an organization I don't know that you know. I don't know anything about." Well, later on, when there was an uproar at this, because how can you be a grown-up in today's world and not know what the KKK is? So, you know, one, it's not believable. Number two, he then the next day tweeted that there was something wrong with his earpiece, and so he didn't hear it. But he, he kept talking about David Duke, that he didn't know him, so obviously he heard that the question was David Duke. You could easily say... Even if it wasn't very clear. David Duke, no, nothing to do with the Klan. I'm opposed to the Klan. They're horrible, et cetera. Several thoughts about this. And, And by the way, I'm willing to say that on the first hand that Trump may have been tired. In other words, the candidates, in all fairness to political candidates of any stripe, by this time in the campaign, when you are nonstop every single day, you know, constantly giving speeches answering questions going whatever you know it's a sunday morning they just finished the saturday primary whatever it's a saturday sunday morning you're tired and you just you're not quick on your feet particularly if you stumble you're not quick on your feet on on how you correct it and it's not in trump's dna to apologize so he's got to make up a story oh it was my earpiece or whatever and now all the republicans are jumping in You know, the leaders of the party, the other candidates, oh, the KKK is horrible. I stand opposed to it. I would never, you know, everything. Like, wow, what courage. Mm -hmm. The problem is not the KKK. They're clowns. The problem of racism and discrimination and prejudice in our country is the polite prejudice that exists in our country. It's not the blatant, there's the Klansman, everyone can be against that. It's how much we tolerate and are insensitive to race relations in our country that breeds, that is almost enables. We're enablers to the crazies then that come out with the extreme comments. See, Donald Trump is saying things publicly that a lot of the people say privately at their own little parties at their own whether it's a country club or when they're out with the guys at the bowling alley and they everyone's got a racial joke which by the way is a great lesson for your kids you know no one puts soap in their mouth anymore but the reason the reason we can't Permit, if you are in a group of people and you're all having a good time, people are drinking, and someone comes out with some kind of racial joke, even if they're your best friend, you got to say, whoa, I'm just not comfortable with that. And you know what? They'll be stunned for a second, and then they'll kind of respect you. And the reason we can't have racial humor, and the reason we can't have this polite ps-ps, all these race jokes, and send them on the internet hey, did you see this one, did you see all this kind of thing, is because over time, if a particular group, whether it's race, religion, or whatever, if a particular group gets to be characterized by the humor, you subconsciously will believe that they're second class, a little bit less than you are. And so in tough times, history has shown, when all of a sudden people start getting worried and you have to find a scapegoat who's causing the problems and then they get treated badly. It's not so difficult for us to deal with that or to tolerate it because we subconsciously believe, well, you know, they should be happy with what they got. It's not such a bad thing. Let me give you an exact example of what I'm talking about. However many years ago, You know, when Bush was president, we had Katrina. And we had the 10,000 people in the Superdome. And 99% of them were black. And it took days before we got them out. And no one was going around in the government from the president on down saying, I hate black people. No, it wasn't that. It was that at some level it wasn't as big a crisis as if the 10,000 people who were in that Superdome were 16-year-old white cheerleaders. We all know very well that if there had been 10,000 16-year-old white cheerleaders stuck in the Superdome, there is no way on God's earth that those kids would have been in there for more than a day. Every helicopter in America, every soldier in America, we would have used every boat, every tank, every helicopter, we would have lifted those people out. Because at some level, I remember even Barbara Bush saying when she went into the dome, well, it's, you know, some of these people, the conditions in here are better than what they normally live in. Remember that quote? She says something along those lines. And Barbara Bush is no way an evil person at all. I mean, I'm not a fan of the Bushes, but they're not, they're not mean people, okay? They're not. But it's because it just becomes accepted in our culture that if things are tough, these people, they're used to tough conditions. They'll... We'll get him out. And that is the race problem in America, not the Ku Klux Klan. And therefore, I believe, and what I would say to the Republican Party, unintentional as it may have been, you created the political Donald Trump. It's not a few people that are choosing Donald Trump. He's getting 40-something percent of the vote. The Republican voters are choosing a Donald Trump. And his racial comments, whether it's the immigration wall and the Mexicans are coming over to rape us, or we're not going to let Muslims in America, or uh, you know African Americans, or throw that guy out of the rally, Or I could walk down the street and shoot someone and people would still vote for me. This whole concept of anger and disrespect of minorities are the exact positions that virtually, with the exception maybe of Kasich and Jeb Bush, who's no longer in it, every one of them has the same policies You know, now they're arguing who's going to have the higher wall. They've all said, no path to citizenship. No, we're going to, you know, they're all becoming more right wing, more right wing, more right wing. So it's just Donald Trump is just the cheerleader for it. But they built Donald Trump because they've been having these policies for years. You know that the policy of the Republican Party, you know what it is on immigration, And you know what it is on minimum wage. And you know what it is on food stamps, on social programs, on all the things, on on health insurance. Have you heard any of the candidates say exactly what they're going to replace Obamacare with or the Affordable Health Care Act with? No. So they, they have created this environment where it's perfectly okay not to give a crap about minorities or poor people or disadvantaged people, it's okay. So when someone gets defensive and says, well, wait a second, I don't hate black people. I don't hate some of my best friends. I work with some. Well, I believe that. I believe that most Americans, no, we don't go around hating black people. But as a culture, as a society, we have just assumed that they're of a little less worth and which is the party that is trying to suppress the black vote really if you really love democracy and you wanted everyone to have a say and this is how you could find people that would help improve lives etc wouldn't you want everybody to come to the polls and vote how can we make it easier for you to vote just think of their policies so don't get all crazy about oh he said this about the Klan, like that divides good guys from bad guys. It's the vast middle that just permitted this environment to come to fruition.
3: Good. Hey Jerry, shifting gears here. I'm gonna hold up a record oh, oh, and remember great. we're audio only, but so I'm gonna describe this to our listeners. But this is what Megan, we called back in the day, a 45 record. So it's got a big hole in the middle, and it's smaller than the And that was new,
1: because I grew up with the 78s, where the hole was very small.
3: In the 33s. Yeah. So anyway, this is on the label, Mahogany Hall of Music is the label. Yes. And it's, uh, well, one side. Can people hear it? they're going to oh, I'm not right. going to hear it tonight but we're we're working on that David yes. Proust of Ambient Studios is going to what? digitize this as we say so What if what? I paid you a lot of money so it would never be heard <laughs>
0: What is on it
3: What Well I know you got an idea there <laughs> On it is $20,000 and you can buy this <laughs> for <You can>. me <laughs> Okay that <laughs> may be the last remaining copy You, you know I have no two. idea where I got this but I had this at home so in what my what office is I'll and ex- on on the A side, well, I don't know what the, let's say. The a side is, the side is bloodshot eyes. Yeah, B side is Darling Corey. Yeah, but that that was a song that
1: was I mean it, a
3: traditional yes.
1: song. Darling Corey is a traditional song.
3: It's a moonshine song, actually. Yeah. Uh, it is. Okay, and, you know more about it than I do. I just and, sang it. Okay. Now yeah. the singers are, it says Linda and, and J- Jerry. And when I played this here at the Folk School Coffee Parlor yesterday on their record player, <laughs> which will play a 45. That's freaking you on this. Oh, well, on the yes. bloodshot. Blood I'm the shot, Jerry. I'm eyesight. not the Linda. No, you're not the Linda. You're Thank the you Jerry. For the
4: clarification. Okay, so, <laughs>
3: I used to be a Linda, but... It's so another <laughs> that's show. It's another TV show. Yeah, it's another show. So the thing is, the Johnson Fork boys, one of the Johnson Fork boys is sitting right here, Joe Stone. Let's that, welcome, by the way, that, Joe. Joe Stone.
1: That, that is so cool. I mean, honestly, this is a surprise to me. I, I really didn't know about this. So tell me, I think I'm going to say it was 1967. The summer of 67, I was clerking. I came to Cincinnati for the very first time, clerking with a law firm here that ultimately brought me to Cincinnati. And at night, good look in, in 1967, I was 23 years old. Okay. So... Uh, so was I. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look a day over. Well, whatever. So, <laughs> and at night, being a young guy, being a single guy, we'd go in Cincinnati. Mount Adams was a place where young people congregated at night. Still is. Still is with bars and restaurants. And there was this one bar called Mahogany Hall. So I figured, they didn't have Tinder yet, so I figured to meet girls, we call them girls back then, they were obviously young women, um, would be, you know, to, to sing at a local bar. So I walked into Mahogany Hall, met this girl, her friend, by the way, became my girlfriend, but met this Linda Paffman was her name. So, and then I- You're see- in
3: search of Linda Pathman. Yeah. We are now in search. Oh, well, that is oh. Because we like to bring, not tonight's can Oh, happen. that would we be great. We like to bring great. her in here to sing Bloodshot Eyes with you. But anyway, keep, keep <laughs> and telling it, your story. This
1: Bloodshot Eyes is, uh, actually, I got the words on it. Someone handed me the words to it, and I put a country tune to it. The reality is that back in 1948, Bloodshot Eyes was recorded by the Talbert brothers as a Calypso song. I didn't know that until later. You know, I only know 3 or 4 chords on the guitar, so I made it so I made a country tune. Don't you roll those bloodshot eyes at me. Wow. We recorded what was it? The Shadow Shea Studios?
2: No, at uh, King Studios. Oh, King
4: Studios. Wow. King King Studios. Famous. And yeah. you That's
1: were really the cool. backup band and uh, uh, I thought I would never, ever see the Johnson Fork Boys, and you are very brave to admit that you're on this record. <laughs> oh,
3: no. This actually is We had good been recording. playing about
2: two years. I joined the Balladeers. So that's the Queen City, Queen City Balladeers. Because it's a national
3: deal. show. That's a, that's a Cincinnati-based roots music organization that started, Joe, what, 1966 yeah. or so? yeah. yeah. And it's still lives mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. in the did, Cincinnati area. I well, I went there to uh,
2: play music. And meet people and find a guitar player and such, and uh, found uh, some fellas and we started a bluegrass band. And uh, I live in Indiana. You know, we lived on a farm and a thing called this little road called Johnson Fork went through it. And I thought Johnson Fork Boys, ever bluegrass band? Oh my was, it was something, something boys. Okay, so we became the Johnson Fork Boys, Queen City Balladeers. In uh, July for four weeks in July over July, they would have concerts in the park. As so Eden the Johnson was played there. After we had played, uh, this fellow by the name of Jerry Speaker come up and he said, a Could handsome I some young you, man? Yes. Could I yes. <laughs> could I ask you a question? I said, would you would you play for this friend of mine? She's a uh she belongs to the back when Cincinnati was allowed to have a uh Playboy Club. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was uh, uh, worked at the Playboy Club. And could you guys back her and me doing a song? And I said, Was it pay? And he said, Oh, I think nothing. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so we and yeah, so we went to King Studios and we did it. And I had a few records, but over the years, they got away from me, and I never thought that. I
3: can't imagine. Well, wait a what second. We Jerry's like. offered me 20000 for this. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> $21,000 is yours. But I haven't
2: heard it yet. <laughs>
3: yeah, Smart man. Yeah, Smart I, man. I'm dying to hear what it sounds That's
2: like. Insane. I can't I imagine. imagine.
3: Well, yeah. you, people really will cool. hear, not tonight, maybe next podcast yeah. or next uh, week when we record new podcasts, it'll be part of that. So let me introduce more formally Joe Stone. Uh, by the way, is uh, well known in the bluegrass area in the tri-state area of Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana for a bluegrass festival that yes. you ran a few years mm-hmm. ago called
2: Stone Valley Bluegrass Festival.
3: Stone Valley, and you brought in some pretty big names in bluegrass. Sure mm-hmm. rattle off a few of the people that came in. Oh, uh,
2: J.D. Crowe, Seldom Seen, Ralph Stanley, Bill Monroe. Those That's, are big people, know, and I can go on and on. But yeah, uh, Jerry, uh, and I did some other things. Uh, Jerry MC, I don't know if he remembers this, on December the 2nd, 19, uh, when was
1: it? Yeah, it was raining.
2: Nineteen. Yeah, 1979. Yeah. 1979. Right. Oh, that 2nd, was, no. He emceed at the Playhouse, the Katie Lauer and the Walk Street Band Bluegrass show. Do you remember? Okay.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, and, and this makes it more serious. I'm not sure it was December second because December third, nineteen seventy nine was the uh Riverfront uh Who concert the Who concert the where the eleven people died. Yeah. I can't Tramble. imagine it was the day before that. It was a Sunday.
3: I got the flyer uh oh, so man, it, right? Right? it was
1: it was the day before. hmm Wow. It was, it was okay, Sunday. I had forgotten that.
3: So Good. you played and he emceed at that show? No, no. Or, I, uh, pardon I, me, that I was promoted Lauer. And produced it.
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was a thing for uh, local bands. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Clabbers here night from Walker Street.
3: Yeah, I remember doing yeah. those
1: things. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I just didn't realize it was the day before the Who, yeah. yeah. Well,
3: we've asked Joe Stone to come in and do a song for us. He's going to do a traditional song, great old song called Cripple Creek. Cripple Creek. And Maria Corelli, our great friend, a barista <laughs> and a performer extraordinaire from the Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area, is going to... Uh, Do probably a break on this and we're happy to hear that. And Joe, whenever you're ready, Cripple Creek. Traditional Cripple Creek. That was excellent. Uh, this has been a real treat. And Maria, it's always cool to have you jump in because you're, she's becoming more and more a picker. A songwriter by trade, but becoming a, also a picker as well. Joe and Maria, would you guys take us out on Irene Goodnight? You start singing and I'll just jump right in, okay? Here we go. Maria Corelli.
0: You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.
1: i live in the country and sometimes i live in town sometimes i take a great notion to jump in the river